Welcome back to Pod TST, the instant reaction show. I'm Kenneth Arthur, the host and the managing editor at Turf Show Times and LA Rams website. Come check it out at all times, especially now that the 2021 season is almost officially upon us. Week one is just two weeks away as the Rams will host the Chicago Bears at SoFi Stadium on Sunday night football, September 12th. It's going to be the debut of Matthew Stafford playing for the Rams, one thing that we still have not seen yet. And we have concluded the preseason, the Rams, record-wise, they did go 0-3. But that does not really matter. We didn't see the 2021 LA Rams for the preseason. We saw some players who, you know, will make the back end of this roster. A couple players who might even play considerably. I can guarantee that uh, maybe one or two or three of them will this season, uh, maybe mostly because of, you know, injuries and uh, needing to make some changes and whatnot. And certainly I think the players who stood out on Saturday night, as far as guys who could contribute this season, you might be looking at Tutu Atwell as a punt returner, maybe Corey Bajorquez as a punter even, Uh, Obviously, Matt Gay, who was four for four on Saturday night, cleaning up the mistakes that he had made in the previous two games, a mistake-free Saturday night against the Broncos, albeit for Bajorquez and Gay, you know, two kickers who are playing in Mile High Stadium, notable for a few things. One, you know, being the Mile High, two, being the Thin Air, three, being the over cooked hot dogs. Uh, I don't know about the hot dogs, but I do know about the air and uh, that didn't seem to be getting in the way of those footballs. Before the game, even we saw a video of Matt Gay making a 71 yard field goal in Mile High Stadium. So keep that in mind, but you could definitely say that Corey Bajorquez with his performance on Saturday night would be the lead story for the Rams preseason game, which I think says a lot about the preseason. But unexpectedly, perhaps, Bohorquez has made it an interesting decision here to be made between himself and Johnny Hecker. Bohorquez was 2020's leader in yards per punt average while playing with the Buffalo Bills last season. And Johnny Hecker was the best punter of the 2010s. In the 2020s, he hasn't been maybe quite as good. That would just be, you know, last season there, the Rams were not that strong uh, as a punting team. And they have certainly uh, seemed to be trending in the wrong direction uh, since the days of Jeff Fisher, even if you were going to, you know, I know you don't always want to bring up Jeff Fisher, but it's just a reality that when the Rams were not as good on offense and defense as they are today, they were very good on special teams. And now the Rams have made quite a few changes on special teams over the last year and change with departing with John Fossil, the departing with Greg Zerline, departing with Jake McQuaid. And now it could be parting with Johnny Hecker because Corey Bohorquez, he had a 70 yard punt that went out At the one-yard line, he had a 67-yard punt that was downed at the one-yard line or something. Maybe maybe I'm getting my punts uh, mixed up there, but 
He did have a 70-yarder. He did have a 67-yarder. He did pin the ball at the one twice. He did have a couple more that were uh, fairly long. Yeah, he had one that wasn't very good. It was 39 yards. Uh, but overall, Coy Borquez had a very good game, and you could see why he would be an NFL punter. So, you know, that's going to be the big decision. Hecker is the highest-paid punter in the NFL. The Rams would save about $2.5 million if they released Hecker, they would have to pay Corey Bohorquez $1 million. So the difference in savings is not quite, you know, Hecker's whole cap hit is $4.9 million. But this isn't a move that would save the Rams $4.9 million. It's a move that would save the Rams about $1.6 million. So uh, that's really the decision. Do you move on from Hecker after such a career to save $1.5 million or is it because the Rams think that Bohorquez is the better punter? You know, I think it really has to come down to the decision because it's not enough money. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Is it enough money to say, hey, the, the decision just really comes down to who is going to be the best punter for the Rams this season? It's not also that the Rams having a great punter, like I said, back in the Jeff Fisher days when the Rams had to have better special teams, maybe because they weren't so strong on offense and defense. Now the strong on offense, strong on defense, look to continue to be that way with the personnel that the Rams do have. And special teams becomes a little bit less of an issue, thankfully. And that is one thing to consider uh, with regards to either having Hecker or making a decision uh, to make a change. Uh, right now, I would probably lean towards the Rams are going to make a change because of the savings somewhat, but also because it seems like when you make a, a move to add Corey Bohorquez and then you get the option to see a lot of him in the preseason, and then when he has such a performance that, if anything, the Rams may have turned against Johnny Hecker at this point because he hasn't been out there. He didn't have the greatest season last year. He has the highest price tag in the NFL at punter, and all of a sudden if the Rams – do not keep Corey Borquez. There are probably a lot of people saying, well, why not? What was the whole point of any of this anyway? So I would I would lean towards the Rams making a move there. Maybe they could even trade Johnny Hecker because he is such a premier punter. He has been throughout his career. And, you know, whether or not the uh, Dallas Cowboys, I don't think they're looking for a punter, even if they do have all of the other former Rams special teamers. Uh, speaking of special teamers, I think Jake Funk, a uh, seventh-round pick out of Maryland for the Rams, will be a special teamer for the Rams this season. He did not play on Saturday night. He was in uniform, but it appeared that, sort of like John Wolford, he was not. there was no plan for Jake Funk to go in the game unless absolutely necessary. He has become a protected player, and that was another story I think that really kind of stood out was just how Jake Funk didn't play and Xavier Jones played a lot and Xavier Jones played well. And, you know, you can't really get it, get as much information out of a preseason game, but this one did have Denver's first string defense in for quite a long time. And we did get to see Xavier Jones, you know, in that situation of being a running back on the field, making some decisions. Uh, he seemed to, show quite a lot of uh, skill and talent. And uh, maybe he wouldn't necessarily 
be a team's starting running back because I think that's even as an undrafted free agent and with the opportunities that Xavier Jones has had because of injuries at the running back position in each of the last two years that he's been, you know, with the Rams in training camp and the off season. And then last year's during the season, you know, it's interesting, you know, the fact that the Rams did trade for Sony Michelle this week would seem to suggest that they did not feel super comfortable at that position quite yet. Obviously, Jake Funk's two torn ACL injuries in college also is another reason to protect him and to be concerned, you know, with regards to having enough depth at the position going into the year. So adding someone like Sony Michelle is not surprising when you lose Cam Akers. But, you know, just having... Uh, Jake Funk, you would think Jake Funk would then maybe be number three running back while also contributing on special teams. It was one of the big things about him coming out of college as well. And then maybe number four, Xavier Jones in that running back spot. But Xavier Jones as a running back, you know, there there might not be a fourth running back on the roster. And if there is, it might be a guy that does do returns. And that where you, you would think that Raymond Kalai would have come in and Jake Funk could also be in on returns. But uh, that's where Xavier Jones, playing as well as he did, do, but do they see him? Do the Rams see Xavier Jones as a, you know, second, as a complimentary number two running back? Do they see him as even a number three running back? Where do they see Xavier Jones at this point after the game today? Do they think that Xavier Jones, it's going to be more difficult, I think. I could see it could be difficult for a running back like Xavier Jones, a running back who did show a little bit of something when when given a game, it might be difficult for a guy like that to pass through waiver, waivers. So, uh, well, you know, he can't bit, be too mad at me for confusing waiver with Xavier. Uh, so if uh, waiver can pass on uh, Xavier's, then I think that that will be someone that the Rams would love to have on the practice squad, but I don't know if he would make it to the practice squad because teams will carry a number of running backs and maybe some teams would go five or six deep on running backs. Whereas the Rams, they're really a three running back team that might keep a fourth. And that's where Xavier Jones might've played well enough on Saturday night. I think to do that, did Bryce Perkins play well enough at quarterback to be LA's QB three you know, some people feel that Bryce Perkins should be a team's QB, too. I mean, they, they would watch Bryce Perkins in these last two full preseason games. He's had two full preseason games as well as half of the first preseason game. And he played a lot against a Denver number one defense, which you give him credit for. This is a guy that didn't play at all in the last year because there were no preseason games. And he came in and, and he played a lot in the preseason this year, more than any other quarterback in the league, I think. And so Bryce Perkins had a lot of time out there, a lot of playing time. I thought he had a lot of confidence in this one, good composure. He hangs it in the pocket, makes some nice throws. And some people have watched this and, and equate it to what it must be like to be a, a backup quarterback in the NFL or a QB2 and I look at all the QB twos around the NFL and the backups historically, you know, John Wolford was a second year undrafted free agent, you know, backup quarterback last year came in, started the final game. And that's why, you know, his performance and all that and everything that he's brought to the team in the last 
two and a half years is enough for Sean McVay to seem super confident with John Wolford as the QB two. So he would seem to maybe even be a little bit of an exception, but you look around a lot of QB twos around the league. They're guys who have started a ton guys who have a good draft pedigree or, or, or for some reason that, you know, have been around the league for a long time and have a lot of that experience. Bryce Perkins would not seem to me to look a lot like your typical average QB two. So I think there's a big difference between those two and then QB three. It's just not a position, uh, a roster spot that a lot of teams, you know, barely half the teams seem to uh, do carry at more than, you know, two quarterbacks. And I think that number would just continue to get lower because you really see that it's uh, there's there's a very f- small amount of great quarterbacks or even good quarterbacks. Maybe there's less than, you know, 20 good quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And then I don't think that it necessarily then the, the guys who are, say, 21 to 40 are all the same. And then when you get to, like, the guys who are, like, you know, ranked maybe 41 to 60, like... When you have 32 teams, that means that you have 64 quarterbacks at least, right? So you've got the 32 starting quarterbacks and their 32 backups. Now, look at the difference there. When you're starting talking about the 60th best quarterback in the NFL or the 30th best quarterback in the NFL, would seem to be a pretty big gap. You know, it's much, you know, much bigger than uh, maybe even 10 to 30. You know, it's 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 from 30 to 60 and 60 has to be somebody's backup quarterback. But even those guys, you know, it's like you go around and say, oh, Joe Flacco was a backup quarterback or, you know, and there's a guy that's got a lot of starting experience. And someone some people would say I'd rather have Bryce Perkins as the backup quarterback. And, you know, that's anybody's prerogative. But there are a lot of things that go into being a quarterback and a lot of things that come with that experience. Even if you're a guy like Chase Daniel, the backup for the L.A. Chargers, a guy that has been a backup for many, many years, nobody really sees him as a starting quarterback, but he plays the role of backup because of how much he helps the starter week in and week out prepare for the game and that the teams feel confident that he's so adept at being a quarterback, even if he doesn't have the size and the skill of the guys who are starting that he brings a lot to the table. This is something that John Wolford might be to Sean McVay, a guy who feels like his own chase Daniel, but is much younger and feels like this is a guy who I can confidently believe will help Matthew Stafford develop uh, or be, you know, I don't think uh, he's asking John Wolford to help Matthew Stafford develop uh, his game much, but to help him prepare each week and to be prepared each week to go into the game if he has to. And Sean McVay has counted on him to do that for at least, you know, last year and in the, you know, week 17 game, getting that win against the Cardinals. So, you know, John Wolford is really safe there as the QB two. And as far as QB three goes, it's like, well, what's the point then? If you have a guy that in Matthew Stafford, who you want to start every game for years and years and years, and he probably will. And then you're going to keep two undrafted free agents, uh, two guys that weren't drafted on the roster behind him to do what? To battle out, to be his backup in 2022, in 2023. Uh, it doesn't you know, seem to make a ton of sense 
to keep two players back there unless you really felt like you had something that was very hard or rare to find. And uh, as far as Bryce Perkins' play in the preseason, while he did have, you know, seemed to have confidence, composure, size, athleticism, could make a play, the Rams scored hardly any points in the preseason, and the Rams scored 12 points on Saturday night on four field goals. They struggled in the red zone. They struggled in the red zone throughout the preseason. That's pretty much why the Rams went 0-3. Could have been 3-0 and with just a slightly better red zone performance. They probably would have been 3-0. and And that had comes down to whether or not your quarterback can make those touchdown plays, find touchdowns, get you into the end zone, score touchdowns. And while Denver did start its starters to open the game, there was a ton of this game behind backups and reserves. And, you know, it's not to put it all on Bryce Perkins because it's not all on Bryce Perkins. But when you're talking about the difference between a quarterback who you might go, yeah, wow, I'm like surprised that he did well or he did better than I expected. Or, you know, there was a few moments that I'm glad I watched as a fan because it made me feel like I could forget about all the troubles in my life for a few moments. And maybe that's the way you felt about Bryce Perkins while watching the preseason. But when you're looking for those huge big wow splash plays from a starting type quarterback, from a quarterback who you go, damn, I might have to keep both of these guys. I can't let him go because we might have... Uh, you know, I don't want to say Patrick Mahomes, you know, but it's just like, you're going to see, you just want to be able to see like, wow, like the, look at that deep throw, you know, and there, you don't get to see any deep throws really in these games. Uh, Bryce Perkins made one or two on Saturday night, not completed. And that to me is so much of being an NFL quarterback is the ability to do something downfield. It's what helped, you know, sort of lead to the departure of Jared Goff. Uh, was that lack of a downfield threat. And it's one of the things that you just find so rare uh, in a quarterback is that deep, accurate downfield passing uh, of, you know, rarely found talent that you will find in a guy like Matthew Stafford and that you haven't seen out of uh, Bryce Perkins in the preseason. So that's one thing where I just would just say like, if the if the Rams had gotten a, f- a couple touchdowns on Saturday night, if we had seen some of this, wow, like bang, I, nobody's going to get more excited than damn. You cannot keep this team out of the end zone when that quarterback is on the field. And this offense was fairly often kept out of the end zone during the preseason, and that might be the worst, uh, the biggest thing holding back Perkins. I think from making the Rams uh, for one and number two, maybe getting onto the Rams practice squad and passing through waivers because you know, that, that any team keeping a QB three, I mean, that's where I think that just those bigger wow plays is what you would want to have seen from Bryce Perkins that resulted in long gains, touchdowns. It's being, you know, it's, it might seem like tough, you know, uh, a tough grade, but at the same time, it is the NFL it's a tough, it's a tough place. It's a tough place to stand out. And the fact that Perkins stood out over Devlin Hodges, who, you know, his NFL career might be over. And Perkins definitely is not over. 
it just might lead to another year on the practice squad, or maybe I'm completely wrong and he makes the Rams or another team picks him up and, and he becomes a backup. I could be completely wrong, but that's all that I have would report as far as my instant reaction to Perkins over these last two games, especially. I would also say uh, as far as maybe some of the other roster decisions, at linebacker, you know, we really know at this point that Troy Reader and Kenny Young are starting at inside linebacker. Justin Hollins at outside linebacker and Leonard Floyd, obviously, at the other linebacker position. You know, Troy Reader took over for Micah Kaiser when he was injured last year and I think at that point really won the job. And it was kind of overlooked or not talked about as much, but I think uh, Troy Reader clearly did enough last year for Sean McVay to say, this is my inside starting linebacker reader has some pass rushing, uh, acumen. He makes a lot of tackles. Uh, maybe he's a little bit more sure handed of a tackler than Kaiser was. And really at this point, Micah Kaiser could be, uh, released and be one of those surprise cuts. He played into the third quarter, at least on Saturday night. And that might've been, an opportunity for other teams to get a, a longer look at Micah Kaiser since he didn't get to play in the second half of 2020. Uh, he did return for the playoffs, but only on special teams. So it did give Kaiser some more opportunities to play on tape and not necessarily on practice. Cause I don't know if it's necessarily just trying to get him some more reps because they could do that in practice and they do do it for the guys who aren't out there either, you know, uh, as much here in the preseason. Uh, but Micah Kaiser is a guy that a lot of people had been talking about, have been talking about on Saturday night, especially as a guy who might be in danger of being released. I think that the offensive line for LA is mostly set. We know who the five starters are. We know that Brian Allen, you know, we didn't see any of that Brian Allen, Allen and talk that is coming out of Sean McVay's mouth uh, because he, just he's not playing in the preseason. The, the real note there is that he's not playing in the preseason. So the fact that Sean McVay is like, yeah, this is our week one starter at center. He seems very confident. And it seems like to him, Brian Allen's issues from 2019 are behind him and that he will be uh, a very good sender and that he was one of the standout players of training camp for Sean McVay. And we also know that Austin Corbett will remain at right guard. And we know that Joseph Noteboom was a protected player who didn't play in the preseason either and is seen as such a valuable tackle, guard, uh, you know, reserve, especially there for 40-year-old, 39-year-old Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. So offensive line, I think, you know, we know those starters. We know Joseph Noteboom. And I think we can expect, you know, guys like Tremaine Ankrum to make the roster and Coleman Shelton is the backup center. And then maybe uh, Jeremiah Cologne or uh, Chandler Brewer or Bobby Evans. And it seems like Bobby Evans is a guy that maybe could also be a surprise cut here. There was a guy that entered camp seemingly as the starting right guard. And then that's how Brian Allen became the starting center as they moved Austin Corbett. Uh, back around. It doesn't feel like Austin Corbett's move back to guard uh, was necessarily as much about Austin Corbett's play at center so much as maybe Evans play at guard as he is playing late into these preseason games. Uh, again, maybe just trying to get some good reps in and uh, make the team. Um, and if he doesn't, 
seems like a guy that, again, would probably be picked up on waivers. Uh, A.J. Jackson, Alaric Jackson, the undrafted free agent, played a lot again, too, at left tackle. And I don't I wouldn't know exactly how to summarize his play on Saturday night against the Broncos. But it's a good sign that he gets a lot of it because he is, you know, in his first year here. He didn't get drafted and again, might be a practice squad candidate. But the Rams hope to not have to dip into the reserves this year or any other year at offensive line. Bryson Hopkins and Kendall Blanton and uh, Jacob Harris at tight end. Again, Jacob Harris not really playing tight end. I wouldn't expect him to play tight end. I wouldn't put him at that tight end position. Harris was targeted three times, didn't catch any passes on Saturday night. So again, seems like a guy who will play on special teams this year, and that's pretty much his role. Not so much a wide receiver, not so much a tight end, but maybe in the red zone, uh, uh, Jacob Harris will come in for certain packages. And, you know, even if he doesn't get targeted by Stafford on the first few couple of red zone plays in the regular season, maybe it's just, it's going to be someone who the defenses will have to account for and he will at least be a distraction. Hopkins and Kendall Blanton, you know, both had their moments on Saturday night. Hard to say if there's a leader based on anything that happened in the preseason. Uh, but Blanton did have, you know, again, some good moments. And I think Bryson Hopkins, you know, you can understand why he was a fourth-round pick. And will maybe the Rams even keep all five of those players, really four tight ends and Jacob Harris? It could be down to something like that, but it seems difficult because L.A. might also have to go heavy on wide receiver. Tristan Jackson uh, played more tonight, certainly uh, didn't play last week and played more tonight and uh, is a guy that, again, might right be on that bubble, but it would be difficult to make that roster without some special teams abilities or contributions. So it'll be interesting to see where he stacks up in that regard. I, I, I would maybe lean more towards Bryson Hopkins at this point. I would think that maybe he's less likely to make it through waivers and onto the practice squad. Tight ends are just so hard to find or so valuable right now. And a lot of teams feel like they can develop a tight end from, from pure clay, you know, uh, and, and into like the next Darren Waller or uh, whatever, you know, just like with Jacob Harris. And so, Bryson Hopkins, I think, would be swooped up really quickly. And Kendall Blanton, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe not, because teams just aren't going to have as much information, maybe, but they'll have a lot of information on Kendall Blanton, and it'll uh, maybe be difficult for either one of them to pass through waivers, but I might lean towards Bryson Hopkins at this moment. Chris Garrett had a couple more nice plays. It's coming down a lot of people for Terrell Lewis or Chris Garrett, and if you had to choose... Between the two, I still think that maybe Terrell Lewis would be favored over Chris Garrett, uh, again, be based maybe on ability to pass through waivers, although I think Chris Garrett would uh, not either pass through waivers. Uh, whether or not they could get Terrell Lewis onto the roster or and, and some sort of injury designation and, and whether or not that would happen uh, remains to be seen. We do know that Ashawn Robinson, you know, is probably going to be hurt enough to not play in week one. And the Rams could uh, have him on the final 53-man roster, then immediately put him on injured reserve. This season's injured reserve rules are different. They only go for three weeks. 
if you, you can bring back a player from injured reserve, any number of players, there is no maximum uh, this season. You can put a player on injured reserve and bring him back after he misses three weeks. So that's what could happen at uh, defensive line with Ashawn Robinson and then the team might keep eight, seven or eight defensive linemen and then go down a notch there after putting Ashawn Robinson on injured reserve, and then they would be able to pick up a player from there. But, uh, and the, you know, and whether they pick up a player, it could be a running back still, perhaps, I don't know after Xavier Jones performance, maybe they wouldn't be a running back. It could be an offensive lineman. Certainly. I think LA is still on the count for offensive line, but I think they're happy with almost, I think they feel that they're happy with a lot of the, all the players that they have on defense and that we know that they're probably going to go a little heavier on defensive line and defensive backs and at linebacker, you know, if they're thinning things out at linebacker, uh, we know that most, we know that Kenny Young and Troy Reader, Leonard Floyd and Justin Hollins will be there and Justin Lawler and Agbani Alkarunku, who's also dealing with an injury. So, you know, he could also come out with an injury designation uh, and Ernest Jones, but then it made me more questions or a couple of questions about Traven Howard or Micah Kaiser. Uh, Christian Roseboom had an interception on a Saturday night very late in the game. It's a very impressive play. I have a hard time seeing Christian Roseboom make the final roster, though. Um, so that's where things stand, I think, after Saturday night's game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, the score was 17-12. to 12, But more importantly, we'll find out what these rosters look like in a couple of days. This has been the Pod TSC Instant Reaction Show. If you like it, hit subscribe on some sort of uh, whatever. And uh, that's it. We'll be back again to talk about the Rams. They have two more weeks until the first game against the Chicago Bears.